Hey, welcome back to Some Nerds of a Podcast. So, Alex, who killed you? Killed me? Who killed you? Well, hey, by the way, for, those, yeah, for those that don't know, I'm Alex. I'm Nick. And I'm Elise. And the question of who killed Alex can only be answered if I were, in fact, a captain. Also, yeah, when did you become a captain and then who killed you? I feel like we need to delete this and restart. No! <laughs> we're doing it live! We already deleted enough, Elise. <laughs> We've, we, we deleted your weird sound song. Weird sounds, weird sounds. We deleted... Dropping this sang, November. Yeah. Uh. We deleted you saying Paulcast. <laughs> Actually, we Why are you going to out me like this? Uh, Come on, you're anyway. the one that messed up the who killed Captain Alex joke. <laughs> did I or did I do so, exactly what I intended? If you haven't guessed by now... Um, We've just watched a movie. Uh, actually, we watched Which it the is... day after we recorded our yep. last podcast. Um, but it is the the greatest thing since sliced bread. Birdemic. I was going to say the best the best thing to come out of Uganda since Coney twenty twelve. <laughs> that wasn't Uganda, was what? it? I no. thought I thought no. it was no. Oh, okay. I thought that was the uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. All right. Anyway. Fine. <laughs> Sorry. I, th- I could have sworn it was Uganda. I, I don't the, know. The best thing to come out of Uganda since all of those, uh, since, since the... all of those uh, uh, missionaries trying to make money off of poor people. Since the... I feel like we need to try this again. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect the way it is. Okay. Moving on. So we watched this movie. It's on YouTube. It is called Who Killed Captain Alex? It is a, it is the pinnacle of Ugandan independent film. It is filmed in a village outside of the capital city. Is it a village or is it like a neighborhood? Because I kept it's, getting reported conflicting reports. It's sort of a township. Okay. Is how I would have described it. Mm. Um, and that's like how... I don't know. Um, I'm going to say something and sounds terrible in my head, so I probably shouldn't say it. But So when I was in South Africa, which you know is totally the same place as Uganda... Not Obviously, I'm all. using sarcasm. Uh, oh, uh, by the way, I'm not the racist. You guys are the racist. Uh, Lord's Resistance Army, including forced recruitment of child soldiers and the regions of northern Uganda, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and South Sudan. Okay. Oh, okay. So, well, so, you know. so Nick's not a racist. Yeah. Hashtag Nick's not a don't Don't put that in any tweets no. that you tweet at us. Please do not make that trending. Like, just, no. Okay, we're going to delete this entire podcast. <laughs> we're starting from scratch, guys, okay? No. Ready in three, two, one. And we're back. <laughs> Some nerds have a podcast. I don't know this week, we're no. going to talk about <laughs> the Ugandan film, uh, Who Killed Captain Alex? It's a great, great movie. Yep. So if <laughs> it's a, it's about as coherent as our podcast so far. Now all we need is somebody who's doing a voiceover of our voiceover. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> can we get a like, video joker? Video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. do you get... think we could get video jokers on a podcast? Oh my god, I think we can make this happen. Yeah, uh, maybe not for this episode, <laughs> but we'll see. We have we to get that guy, VJ he's... Emmy. Yeah, yeah, VJ he's, Emmy. he's the first VJ. First VJ so... in English for Uganda. All right, okay. so some context. So Ugandan film industry is kind of small. It's largely just this this guy, this guy this one and guy. his crew uh, in this and town. And his computer. Yeah. Um, but what happens in Uganda when they have films, either they make films there or they localize films, 
is they have what's called a VJ or a video joker. And the idea of it is, have you ever seen Mystery Science Theater 3000, guys? Yes. Yes. Have you ever had somebody behind you in a movie theater making bad jokes? Yes. 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 It's like that, except it's a part of the film, and it can't be removed. Um, And so that's... Why would you want it to be removed? (laughs) I know. I don't understand. We watched a a review of Who Killed Captain Alex later, and the reviewer was really upset that he couldn't remove the VJ, and I'm like, the VJ is the best part. (laughs) Oh. So uh, VJ Emmy on the microphone makes all kinds of just jokes, comments, and some of them aren't even funny. Some of greetings, them... <laughs> random yeah, greetings. Yeah, yeah. When people punch each other, apparently it's just hello, hello, hello. <laughs> A very uh, forceful guttural hello. So it's um so so that's the kind of thing that you have walking into this movie. You have to kind of understand that that is just a part of the film and a part of all these films. Uh, but the um, the fun part is just how fun they're having making it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who Killed Captain Alex is a film about God, what is it? Tiger Mafia. Tiger Mafia. So <laughs> number one Ugandan uh, mafia, number one Ugandan gang. Yeah. The, it the is most, a threat to security everywhere in Uganda. The most dangerous man in Uganda. Yeah. Richard. Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Which this is my favorite thing about this movie is that everyone just has first names. Yes. <laughs> Only first names. Uh, and so, some people don't even have that. There's a major yeah, character yeah, yeah. in the a movie. Ma- <laughs> He's a major character. He has an entire subplot. <laughs> and his name is Alex's brother. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Uh, and, and he's a Shaolin monk in the yeah. Ugandan uh, monasteries. It's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yep. So, who killed Cap? Should we should we try to dissect this film, or okay. should we let people watch it on their I, own? Or you, I mean, <laughs> spoilers for Captain Alex. Okay. First of all, this movie is completely unspoilable <laughs> because the big twist happens in the title. Yeah. Uh, second, second of all. I don't think that there's anything that we could say that would ruin the experience of actually going to watch it yourself. Um, you have to be in the right mindset for it, definitely. Uh, and Alex earlier compared it to Birdemic. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Like, mm. I, Birdemic it was made with a sense of... I, like. They're they're similar in the sense that both people like are clearly passionate about what they're doing, but the guy who made who killed Captain Alex has the excuse of he lives in a third world country and essentially made this movie for like fifty bucks. Yes. Yeah. Like what's the estimated uh, two hundred dollars? Two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. Yeah, an estimated budget of two hundred dollars. <laughs> Like, that's an excuse to make a movie that maybe doesn't hold up. And, you know, $200, it's better than some of the student films that I did in high school. It's, it's yeah. better than a lot of movies. Yeah. I mean, really, I, they're, they're, it's, I mean, it's fairly incomprehensible, but it's like, again, just this guy and probably just people from his hometown that decided that they would learn a little bit of martial arts film it on a probably secondhand computer or secondhand uh, uh, video camera, edited it on a secondhand computer that apparently the filmmaker sold almost all of his worldly possessions to buy mm-hmm. and like just kind of have fun with it. So it's like, it's, a, it's the ultimate passion project. Mm-hmm. Whereas you, know, you could say the same thing perhaps about Birdemic. Like the, the, I think that guy's name is James Wen. 
mm. I want to say. I'm not sure. Um, he clearly is very passionate about what he does, at least for the first one. But then, like, in the other movies, it's like the other, the second Birdemic, it's like, oh, remember Wait, how there's that, a second Birdemic? There is a second Birdemic, uh, and that. it's, it is made to be intentionally funny, which makes it worse than the first one. Ah, oh, gotcha. And that's. The kind of the neat thing. So after we watched Who Killed Captain Alex, we then went through and they've got a lot of their trailers and different things mm. on YouTube that you can watch. And it's very Ebola. Fighter. Ebola I really want to watch. I kind of want to see Ebola. Um, what was the what was the ghost one? The ghost one actually sounded yeah. really cool. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, the, what I wanted to say was like they never lose. All of their all their other projects, and it sounds really stupid and cheesy to say, but they have a lot of heart. Yeah. They never lose that sense. They never lose that sense of, like, wonder and excitement as they're making all of these films. And it's it's very obvious that it shouldn't really matter if these are good films or bad films. It's just really cool that they're creating things, yeah. you know? In a way that it's, like, much less cool when you have somebody like, I don't know, um, who's that asshole that did The Room? Oh, Tommy, Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau with, like, his millions of dollars who nobody knows how he got it. But, you know, it's it's very easy for him to put a passion project together. Yeah. It's very easy for when – what was his name? I, James Wen. James Wen to, I, I like, put a – that are you looking that up? I'm looking yeah, that up, yeah. To put a, put a project together. But for this village to come together and to – a village or township outside of Kampala um, to come together and – make this it's it's really impressive yeah um and it, they also get like the kids involved so there's also a series of documentaries that you can watch um about like the things that have happened to this this village since um the filming of who killed captain alex they've opened up like a martial arts school yeah um for the kids to learn like sort of pretend fighting and then the kids like are now making movies and it's it's just really exciting and it's really cool to see. Yeah, they call it uh, the name of the neighborhood. It's called on Wikipedia. They call it a slum in the capital city of Kampala. Mm. They call it uh, Wakaliga. Wakaliga. Yeah. I think, uh, but they call it Wakaliwood. Is yeah. the mm. the name of the industry. Yeah. Like Hollywood or Nollywood or Bollywood, and they're always poking jokes at at Nigerian films. Yeah. <laughs> they really have it which, out for Nigerian which films. Which I'm sure is hilarious if you're familiar with the Nigerian film industry, but. Uh. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So no, but like they they have kind of grown this into the local almost like a cottage industry of filmmaking. Yeah. And it's amazing. Um, and. The I, I haven't been we haven't been able to find any of the other films unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's because they haven't come out yet. Uh, this this film came out in what two thousand ten, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it's it's been on it's been out for a while, but it takes I think what they do is they kind of film all a bunch of films at once and then edit them, and so it kind of can take some time to get a lot of stuff out. But I am looking forward to seeing more of their stuff. I have actually been. Uh, donating to them on Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's a lot of fun. So let's 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 break down Captain Alex. Okay. So God, how does the movie even start? Like the movie all... starts with Captain Alex getting orders from the president to okay. take out Tiger Mafia. Right. Yes. Um, and uh, then he sets up camp in a sewage 
location. Yeah. So so right away, I'm I'm realizing what the problem is with trying to discuss this movie is that this movie doesn't have like a real plot. There's a series of events that occur. Yeah. Like, but, like <laughs> those events don't necessarily connect with one another. Oh, and spoiler alert, we never find out who kills Captain Alex. I will, I mean, it's right there in the title. Who yeah. killed him? Who killed, who him? killed huh? him? I don't know. You answered that, then no one would watch the movie. <laughs> Although in one of the other videos they have on their YouTube channel, it, it appears that uh, Canadian Rambo killed Captain yes. Alex. <laughs> Yes, they have they have Canadian Rambo who comes on screen and speaks in French, but that's not actually in Who Killed Captain Alex. Yeah. That's in another yeah. film of theirs. Um, uh, so, uh. so then they set up camp. Um, and then a Tiger Mafia, or no? And then there's a there's a a scene in a bar. There's a, there's a oh scene yeah, the scene in the bar. They capture his brother. They captured Richard's brother. Yeah. Does that, does that happen at the bar? Or does no, that, no, no, no. That happens, no. That happens later. Okay. So. so there's a scene at the bar where it's like we find out that Alex is like this very, uh, very kind of by the book, by the, by book, the book, like military guy. Because there's like a fight between the locals and the military, like because the military is involved in taking out Tiger Mafia for some reason. Um, and it's because the police are corrupt. I, I guess. I yeah. know, uh, but like, oh they, no, the police are. No, corrupt. that's that's, right, a, that's, that's right. a whole point. That is in the. the um, and so, you know, Captain Alex comes in as this kind of incorruptible figure and is like, you can't fight with the locals. We're here to protect them. They've, they brought us into their village. Uh, and then there's a raid on a drug deal. Some sort of illicit deal is happening. A with briefcase, a, a briefcase and money get exchanged. We never find out what's in and it. And for some reason... Not just Richard's brother. What is Richard's? Richard's brother has a name, but Alex's brother doesn't. Uh, I don't. But Alex's brother has more screen time. <laughs> I don't remember. What I want to say brother. it starts with an M. I want to say it's like Morton or something like that. I don't know. But Richard's brother and one of Richard's wives are at this thing. Yes. Um, For some reason, that's the part that doesn't make sense. Is why is she at the steel? Other than to be there so that there's a reason for Richard to get angry at her later. I think so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's also been like two weeks. Since it has been this. like two weeks. I mean, the movie is also at only an hour long, and like forty minutes of that is Nigeria is the Ugandans <laughs> kicking each other. <laughs> uh, there, there is a lot of a lot of martial arts going on in this film. Um. So okay. So then what happens? Uh, uh, so gonna be a lot of that. So in this so that raid takes place over the course of what like. 10 15 minutes and they play some music over it yes and the music <laughs> the music in almost every single action scene is this slow music version of seals kiss from a rose <laughs> which you'd think wouldn't work and for the first five minutes you're like this is weird and then it's like no this is the best choice <laughs> for this movie <laughs> uh, uh, so and it loops yeah. it's just that it's same just, it just yeah Kiss from a rose on the gray over and over and over <laughs> again as Ugandans kick each other and shoot guns that are clearly painted wood. Yes. <laughs> I think that's my favorite part. I, I love the guy. We decided there's one nameless extra that constantly reappears throughout the movie. It's the one wearing the red shirt. The one wearing the red shirt. He yeah. he, he he's uh he's got a bandolier. And like a, he's got like a light machine gun and a bandolier. Yeah, yeah. but the, but, the but the bandolier is all just sharpened sticks. 
So we've decided that in addition to being a member of Tiger Mafia, he is also like... Uganda's number one vampire hunter. Yeah. Because they don't even bother trying to make them look vaguely like bullets. They're clearly just sharpened Sharpened sticks that he's wearing across his chest. Mm -hmm. That also, Wakaliwood, if you guys are listening... Free movie idea. Yeah. Make it happen. Uganda's number one vampire, vampire hunter. hunter. Oh man. Oh yeah. I would. I would love that. Alex we, donates to your Kickstarter. He's ba- or uh, your is your Patreon. He's basically a producer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Donate two dollars a month. <laughs> it's not that big. No. It's all relative. Yeah. Um. So okay. So then what happens? Okay. So this there's oh a gunfight. Um. At the end of which the. Richard's wife, who probably also gets a name. I think she does because she shows up later. She does show up later, but so does Alex's brother, and he never gets a name. No, Alex's brother, once he's captured, he's out of the movie. I know, but he's, like, the main character for a good, like, 15 minutes. You're like, oh, it's building up for him to, like, this to be a revenge story about him. About Richard's brother? Uh, No, Alex's brother. Oh, Alex's brother. Yeah, so, so, yeah, no, Alex's brother never gets a name. Uh, Richard's brother gets a name. Richard's brother gets a name. And Richard's wife gets a name. Well, one of his wives, but uh, I just can't remember it, unfortunately, at the time. Um, so, uh, so she runs away. She gets away, but R- Richard's brother gets cat. No, it's Martin. That's what it is. Martin. Not, not, yeah, it's Martin. It's Martin. Okay. Yeah. So Richard's brother Martin gets captured, um, and then it's immediately on the news, uh, and Richard finds out about it. By the time the wife gets home. <laughs> He already is aware that his brother has been captured, and he gets angry at her and then shoots her and then presumably dies. However, about 20 minutes later, she's found under a bush for some reason. (laughs) Faking having amnesia or something like that. I think she actually has amnesia. (laughs) I don't know if she's faking it or not. (laughs) Um, Something I would like to point out is that um, Who Killed Captain Alex has 8 out of 10 on IMDb. Okay, I I I am going to say this again. For being made it's Puffs. Oh. Or is Puffs not the brother? Okay, sorry. No, Puffs is not the brother. Puffs is the guy who helps the um who helps the the wife escape. Okay. Puffs is like the lieutenant. Um <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I got I, you, I cut you off from your no, no, thought. No, that's I apologize. fine. No, I'm gonna. I was just gonna say again. Like, like for the amount of money it was made for, for the intention it was made for, it absolutely serves its function, which is let's make a fun, ridiculous movie and then like watch it and laugh at it in our own little village. And like for that, it works perfectly. But it was made with like so much heart and like so much care and just the right little bit of weirdness. That it like it become it became this big thing like they went they were in Milwaukee a few years ago for a weird film festival with one of their movies like it, it's just the this... home of Space Cop yeah the home of Space Cop they make a reference to Space Cop in one of their videos they watch Red Letter Media so it's like you know it, it's it's that kind of a thing where it's like yeah absolutely for what it is like it is better in terms of. How well does it reach its intention for the amount of money that is spent and the amount of talent that's thrown at it? It is, like, like proportionally better than, I would say, a good 70 to 80% of the movies that come out of Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, for the record, Richard's brother's name is Martin. Martin. Yeah, that's what I thought. Martin. I, yeah. And I think the wife is either Rita or Natasha. 
I I think it's Natasha. It no, kinda... I honestly don't remember. No, okay. I think Natasha's the singer. Yeah, maybe. I think I think maybe Nata- I think yeah. Or is Rita the singer? Okay. So about halfway through the movie, spoiler alert, Captain Alex dies. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so so how does that talk, We need to talk about that, the setup for this. Because, like, there is a whole bunch of setup for stuff that does not pay off, which I feel... <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, going back to our, uh, I think it was our third episode, all about Twin Peaks The Return, is something that I appreciate in avant-garde cinema. <laughs> it plays with expectations. I mean, it's Lynchian in that sense. <laughs> um... So, okay, so we find out that Tiger Mafia has a person on the inside of Captain Alex's camp. Yeah. Who is this person? It's the woman that Captain Alex has been carrying on an affair with, like a, a romance with. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really an affair, but like a, it's an open, like a, a, like a, a known relationship. Like she walks around. She walks the into camp, camp and like, I think I think she like does cooking for them as well. Probably it's something they, they like make that. reference. They to her do doing make the cooking, some sort yeah. of reference to that. So. She goes in there, and they have her... She has orders to do something. Yeah, so she has orders to basically seduce him, and then Tiger Mafia is going to capture him when he's naked. Right, yeah, this is is like the second of like five raid scenes in this movie. So so she tells him to go take a a bath. Take a bath, yep. uh, While she's getting ready to capture him. Which I think he gets upset about. He's like... (laughs) I don't know, but... um, but then while he's away taking the bath, the Tiger Mafia folks show up and they, they captured the two sentries that had been stationed outside Captain Alex's tent. Uh, and they're going to jump him, but then there's a gunshot. And yeah, and Captain yeah. Alex is dead. And, and it wasn't Tiger Mafia. And it wasn't Tiger Mafia, so who killed Captain <laughs> Alex? And now nobody knows, and, and everyone... Cause, and you cause, never find out. Because Richard wanted to capture him alive, and so he's kind of pissed at yeah. that. And Ty- and Alex's brother shows up, who, as I said, is a Shaolin Ugandan monk. Yep. Uh, Everybody in Uganda knows kung fu. <laughs> in the words of the uh, VJ Emmy, the video Joker. Yep. Um, but it's he he tries to be, do like an investigation stuff, and yeah. the army guys are not having any of it. Yeah. And so, like I said, like for a good like fifteen twenty minutes of the movie, it seems like oh. This guy is going to be our, our main character now. It's going to become a revenge movie. Nope. <laughs> you watch him training for like 20 minutes. He does end up fighting someone for a while. He doesn't He doesn't fight Richard, I he think. He doesn't fight Richard. He fights, he fights some guy. I think he fights is Puffs. He... he does fight Puffs. I think yeah. you're right about that. Is he the one that saves the wife? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah. the one that saves the wife. So he's like... he's And out... there's like a weird romance between the two of them. Yeah, he's, he's cooking... He's, he's capturing cooking fish, fish and cooking yeah. it. As part of his training, he's, like, out in the wilderness catching fish with his bare hands and, like, cooking it and, like, you know, doing push-ups and, like, roundhouse kicks mm-hmm. and sleeping in a tree. I like wearing some a reason. South Africa t-shirt. Yeah. Um, no, it, the, the sleeve said something. It said, like, sport or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it said sport. <laughs> But um, but while that's going on, the army has decided that they're going to try to take their own revenge for Captain Alex's death, and they hired the number one. What, what was it like the the international pop star of taking on militants or like drugs? Something like, like that. Like like he he apparently had taken out the the Colombian cartels and the Russian yeah. mob, and he just happens to be in Uganda on vacation. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that is not an, any, that is not a joke. That is actually a line in the movie. Yeah. He's visiting Uganda on vacation. 
No, no, no. And I love it because like then when he starts talking to them and he's like, okay, but we got to make this quick because I got to go back to my vacation. Um, yeah. It's 100% what his, his deal is. Oh, yep. a helicopter gets stolen at one point. Oh, yeah. So, so. Oh, God, the helicopter scene. Yeah. So <laughs> while, while the, um, while, while this vacationer is planning out the assault on Tiger Mafia, the police, the corrupt police officer that's in, in Richard's pocket is got a cell phone recording it and sending it to Richard. So Richard knows what's coming. And he sends one of his guys to go steal a police helicopter and attack a, a city. I think I think it's supposed to be the capital. Which, can we talk about why a police helicopter has, like, doesn't it have missiles? It's got, like, missiles yeah. on it. Yeah. But it doesn't use the missiles. So in the actual attack on, yeah, on the city, what happens is this, this, this helicopter, this obvious CG helicopter, it, it like, it just stomps down on like it and Super crushes. Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> it's great. Forgot about that. Uh, oh, and man. and then there's another helicopter chasing it, and yeah. ah, but then the assault on on precinct Uganda happens, mm-hmm. and um, the second time that there's there's an attack, and this time nobody, uh, none of the Tiger Mafia escape. Um, summarizing like 15 scenes of action. Yeah, uh, which is like all the action in it, and this is what I kind of mean when I say like proportionally and like for those purposes that it's meant to serve like all of the action in this movie is actually pretty good (laughs) like there's some like obviously there's some budgetary constraints again the guns are made out of wood and are clearly so Mm -hmm. um you know they don't have money for like squibs or like really any super professional fight choreography, but like the people who do the like martial arts stuff are all really good. Yeah. Like the guy who plays Alex's brother, like the, the, the video Joker keeps calling him like Ugandan Bruce Lee, but like he does some pretty awesome <laughs> Bruce Lee shit. Yeah. He's Bruce Yu. He's Bruce Yu. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he does have a name, but not in the credits. It just, just the VJ gives him a name. Bruce you Bruce, Bruce yeah. No, he says that's the name of the actor. Oh, is, is and I'm pretty actor? sure that is the name that the actor is given. Oh, is it? In okay. the credits. Oh, okay. I will have to double check double that. Double check but I'm that. I'm pretty sure that that is the case. Uh, but um, but yeah, no. So so you say there's no squibs. There was actually one squib. There was a squib. Okay. When well, I don't remember it, it the was single the f- squib. It was the first time that anybody dies on screen. It was the guy that gets cut with the knife. He uh, remember like like. All the other blood in it is, is no, 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 CG. no, 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 no. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about fake blood. I'm talking oh, about just, squibs. Squibs, oh, like squibs exploding, are, yeah, exploding yeah, yeah. things for bullets. Okay. Yeah. I had thought that they were like, it was just a generic word for anyway. Yes, there is there is some fake blood, but most of it is all digital, and there are no squibs. Yeah. Uh, but in any case, yeah. Um, check it out. It is oh just over an hour it's and then the thing that the the thing that needs to be said yeah like the ending of this movie okay so there's this there's a big there's a big like raid there's some kung fu fighting alex's brother disappears in the middle of the kung fu fight i have no idea what happens with that character the the building gets blown up by a helicopter and i think he was in it at the time i don't know if he got out or not i can't remember but yeah no uh captain alex's brother not not showing up in the climax of the film and uh, then and then the the after richard gets captured uh no i'm wrong he is not uh, I, going back to what i said earlier he was not actually um named credit bruce. credited as uh as bruce you what's his credit what's his name? his his name is 
uh, and I'm going to butcher this, uh, Bukenya Charles. Mm. However, Puff's Puff's real real name is is Puffs. Puffs. Yeah, no, I remember that. (laughs) Um, It's G Puffs. G Puffs. Um, So after all this, so Richard gets captured, um, taken into custody, and then the movie ends with riots in the streets of the capital city of Uganda. Because of the helicopter raid. Because of the helicopter, yeah, the, the helicopter attack. But it should be noted that the footage on in the movie is actual Ugandan news footage from actual riots that were actually happening in the city while the movie was being filmed. Just throw it in. Just throw it in there. I mean, oh, hey, it works. <laughs> you know? It's cinema verite, really, right here. It's like the Lumiere brothers. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, I know you're, you know I'm joking, but like seriously, it is it is definitely worth your time and your patronage. Get some, don't watch it by yourself. Get some friends together to sit down and watch it. Mm-hmm. It is definitely meant to be watched like communally. Yeah, yeah. And um and if you are in the knowledge of what memes are, this is kind of the sort of one of the origins of the Uganda knuckles. Oh, is Maybe. it? Yeah. So so. Because I've been hearing about Uganda Knuckles a lot, and I feel like I've been hearing about it more since I watched the movie, but since the movie's been around for years. The movie so. has been around for years. So so if you're unfamiliar with Uganda Knuckles, which as a meme is kind of weird and vaguely racist and not my favorite one, but um, the basically it's, a, it's, it's Knuckles from Sonic and Knuckles. Sonic. Yeah, <laughs> Knuckles the Echidna. But it's based off of a drawing done by uh, YouTube artist named Gregzilla, I think is his name. Uh, but anyway, he does reviews of video games and such, and he drew a funny-looking picture of Knuckles. The internet ran with it, and they added the line from that VJ Emmy says in this, they, uh, do you know the way? Oh. Which is which is kind of the catchphrase associated yeah. with the Ugandan okay, Knuckles. Yeah, no, that is so it's a combination of this, this Echidna character from Sonic and this particular drawing and that line from this movie yeah. that's the reason why it's ugandan in the first place and not gotcha. any place else yeah so so that's kind of the one of the origins of that okay. um so that is it any good as a meme no no uh but it is what the internet is right now except for tide pods um <laughs> although even then i think it's kind of coming to a close memes Memes these days tend to last only I, about a month. I've, I've shared today about 30 memes that I had not seen before mm. that were all from uh, episode three yeah. of Star Wars <laughs> with, with General Grievous mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. And it was dumb as hell, but man, like the first th- two or three, I was like, this is stupid. About halfway through, I was grinning like an idiot, and like by the time I got to the end of them, I it was all I could do to stop myself from laughing in the middle of the grocery store that I was in the checkout line. <laughs> oh, it's dumb. Yeah, memes are great. Um, but yeah, the Tide long pod, live memes. Long live memes. Not the Tide. Don't pods. eat Tide pods. And not the Tide pods. Not Uganda knuckles. But like, let's let's get some uh, new fresh memes in 2018, yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so we watched that. That like I said, that was the thing we did the day after our last recording session. Mm-hmm. Um, so what else? What else did you guys do over this past two weeks? Uh, I watched some other stupid movies. Oh, what other stupid movies did you? Watch? Um, so I watched a movie called Fateful Findings. 
this movie currently is on Amazon Prime. It's kind of been getting really well known, so I'm I'm kind of late to this party. Maybe not, no, about as late as we are to the party for Who Killed Captain Alex. But I feel like that's a little bit more like less well known. But Fateful Findings and its auteur, uh, Monsieur Neil Breen, uh, has been getting a lot of press recently. I have not heard of this film. Neil Breen. Okay, so Neil Breen is someone's dad. Okay. Um, Many people. Are. I think I don't. I actually don't know if he's a father, but like, <laughs> like I'm talking about in terms of like what he looks like. He's like someone's dad. Okay. Uh, and he was something like he had like some dad job. Like I can't remember what it was. He was like a debt. Like 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 you know what I mean. He it was like a dentist or like a like a. Uh, 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 like a lawyer or something like that. Th- those are dad jobs. Those are like super dad jobs. I... Those are those are like the dads in like movies and TV shows always have those jobs. Oh, oh, you mean architect? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I don't think he was an architect, but he was something along that caliber. Some okay. like some like like upper middle class like white collar job, and then he decided well into his middle age that he is going to move to Hollywood and become a filmmaker. Okay. Um, and so he has made many movies. Uh, the only one that I have actually watched all the way through is Fateful Findings, which I watched this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has also made um, I Am Here, Ellipsis, Now. <laughs> uh, he has also made a film known as, oh God, what are some of the other ones? Uh, I'm going to have to pull up his IMDb page. So so what is kind of the, the gist of these okay. films? Okay. So as I mentioned, it's important that you know that first of all, he's made like four or five movies at this point, and second of all, he looks like somebody's dad. I'm actually gonna pull up a picture of him, okay, so that uh, so that Alex can see if you uh, if you are uh, out there in Radio Land, uh, Google Neil Breen so you can see a picture of this. Uh, how guy. do you spell Breen? Uh, B R E E N. Oh man, there's not a picture of him on his. Oh, okay. Fortunately, he has the same picture of himself on all of his uh, movie posters. Oh, Double Down. That was one of the other ones I was thinking about. Fateful Findings was 2013. Pass Through, 2016. It's his latest movie. Uh, I Am Here, Ellipses Now. Double Down. He was also apparently, this is unconfirmed, but apparently he plays a policeman in the original Scream. Um, So that was his first scene. That was his first movie role, his first taste of the of theater. Cinema. Uh, and yeah, in cinema. So this is what he looks like, Alex. Okay? So when I say he looks like somebody's dad, do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, that, that's kind of somebody's dad. It's not my dad, but no, somebody's no, it's dad. someone's dad. <laughs> At least does he not look like someone's dad? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see it. Okay. So all of his movies involve a mixture of the following elements. Computer hacking, magical, uh, supernatural elements, okay. Government secrets, okay. Com- corporate secrets. So far, I'm hearing Shadowrun. Okay, it is. It is kind of Shadowrun, but stupid. <laughs> okay. Also, he kind of, at least in Fateful Findings, as I said, this is the only one I've, I've seen. YouTubers talk about all of his other movies. So I cannot speak from those firsthand. Mm-hmm. But the impression that I was getting when I was watching uh, Fateful Findings 
and again, bringing this this theme up again in this podcast for the second time, it's kind of like if David Lynch didn't understand anything about mise-en-scene or editing. Okay. And you kind of get a sense of what this guy is going for. Like, he's trying to do these really smart, like, editing things, like people appearing and disappearing, inanimate objects moving when people walk by. Those are smart cinema things? Like, I'm, I'm saying, like... Because, like, after he last season they does are. that. Okay. He <laughs> thinks they are, is the point that I'm trying to make. Okay. So, the plot of Fateful Findings, to the point where it can be explained. Uh, Neil Breen's character is a child in the modern day. I'm saying So, it starts <laughs> off with him as a kid. Okay. Even though it's clearly the modern day, because you see, like, cars and like things going by in the background and the clothes that everyone's wearing like absolutely no attempt to make it look like this was however many years ago it was supposed to be okay modern day children that grows up to be neil breen (laughs) also apparently in the modern day um so it's him and his this this young lady who is his friend and they have a magical summer together and they're traipsing through the forest and they come across a mushroom and the mushroom disappears, and in its place is a bag. And they open the bag, and there's a stone inside. This is the this is the David Lynch shit that I'm talking about. Okay. So he takes the stone. The young lady finds some like beads or something nearby. Takes some, puts them in the bag to bury again. She says, "You can't bury it empty because that's bad luck." So takes some beads, puts it in the bag. Who told you that? I don't know. (laughs) And it never comes up again. Puts some beads in this bag, puts it back in the hole, picks up more beads that were by the hole and said she's going to make a bracelet out of it. And then the mushroom appears back over the top. That's the opening scene. And then you find out that that girl moves away and he never saw her again. Okay, flash Does forward. that make the scene entirely pointless? No, it doesn't. Because this is actually one of the few things in this movie that pays off. Okay. Um, for the stupidest of reasons. Okay. So flash forward to the present day. Neil Breen is an author who is dissatisfied with his current life. He's, his, pub, his editors are, uh, like his publisher is constantly bugging him for when his next book is going to be written. Um, he is apparently happily married in a relationship of some kind i assumed through the entire movie that this was his wife but on the imdb page she's described as his girlfriend so i don't know okay (laughs) but they live together anyway um so they seem to have a happy relationship but he's just kind of like dissatisfied with life generally he then he's on the phone with her talking about these things and then he gets hit by a car that's what kind of sets off as being dissatisfied he gets hit by a car that would be pretty dissatisfying taken taken to the hospital um this is when you first see a guy in a suit who i don't know if you ever see his face but there's a guy in a suit with like like a black suit who walks around and then like randomly disappears at doorways (laughs) um who keeps showing up in the movie okay um this is the first time you see that uh neil breen's character wakes up from his coma goes home and gets in the shower where his whoever i'm gonna call him his wife the relationship would imply that they're married but i I don't know so his wife we'll say so his wife is like you should be in the hospital he's like i'm never going back there uh and then like they shower together and like she helps him take his bandages off and he's completely healed 
Um, and then after that, he's like getting all these calls saying like, you need to finish your book. You need to work on your book, but he's not working on his book. We find out as the movie goes on that he is in his words, hacking into top secret, uh, government, uh, and corporate entities okay. to discover corruption on a national and international level. So he's got, we know he's a hacker because he has like five laptops set up, <laughs> none of which are turned on at any point in the movie. <laughs> so he's just kind of like tack, attack, attacking, tacking on it. Um, gotta hack into these government files that's, that's, he says aloud to I mean, no one that's that's how you hack don't you know you gotta type real fast yeah. on the keyboards yeah, yeah, multiple yeah. keyboards at once no he's not typing on multiple oh. keyboards at once he only ever uses one of them at a time oh, okay <laughs> but there are five of them sitting around on stacks of papers and also what are presumably stacks of copies of his previous book okay um at one point in the movie, and again, this is kind of similar to Who Killed Captain Alex, except without the charm and without like the the, the heart put into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I can't say that he clearly cares about what he does, but it's just not as charming. Um, so at one point in the movie, the the wife slash girlfriend comes in, and while he's working on his hacking, apparently she doesn't know that's what he's doing. Like he has to tell her later on, but whatever. Um, I guess I can buy that. But so they they he's working in there and she comes in and they start making out and he like like starts th- doing that thing where you like clear off a table like oh yeah it's about to get sex time in here. Or he's like <laughs> like like knocking everything off like that movie trope. I wouldn't but know it, like, about it that. it just becomes like this <laughs> it becomes almost the scene at the end of the room where Tommy Wiseau is trashing everything. Okay. Like he's just like picking stuff it's not like it's not like, oh, I'm passionate and I'm clearing this thing off because we're going to have sex on this table right now. It's like, I'm angry at this thing of papers. <laughs> and he, like, picks it up and throws it on the ground. He picks up one of his computers and throws it on the ground at one point. <laughs> and then, like, then the sexy times happen. But apparently he's disaffected. We get, like, nothing to illustrate this. There's just random things that happen. At one point... um, we see this completely other couple who was ne- who who does not get introduced. Like their their introduction scene actually happens later as to how they're connected to the rest of this movie. But there's a couple that they start we start seeing, and they're really unhappy with each other. And <clears throat> like the guy is angry that the woman never wants to have sex, and the woman <laughs> is like tired from work or something. I don't know. There's like three of these scenes, and they're all exactly the same. Um, and then in one of them, you see their teenage daughter is like listening in and she's like, don't, don't say these things in front of her. And he's like, oh, she needs to know how to treat a man, something like that. And then you find out that the reason that they're in this movie is they're the friends of Neil Breen's character and his wife and they have a dinner party. Okay. (laughs) And for some reason, this teenage daughter who is clearly, I don't know, late high school aged, is talking about like like they ask her how school's going and she's like I'm doing a, a project about elephants, so I don't know if she's in like a different classroom if she's like separated off from the rest of this like school body. She seems like, I mean, you but, can do a, a thing about elephants I, in high school. But yeah, if you get but, into real but that's literally it. how she describes it. I'm doing a project about elephants. Period. End of description. <laughs> Well, maybe she doesn't care that much. <laughs> I don't know. But um, 
she then comes by unannounced later to swim topless in their pool while Neil Breen is home and then goes inside and showers with the door open so that Neil Breen can walk in on her. Which brings me to the first leitmotif of this movie, which is every woman in the world wants Neil Breen. <laughs> which is why it's so important that you understand that he looks like somebody's dad. <laughs> okay. Because every woman in this movie is about 20 years younger than him, at the very least. <laughs> Including, by the way, turns out the doctor from the hospital where he was in a coma is actually his grown-up friend from all those years ago. Uh. I don't know what happened to her. Maybe she was cryogenically frozen for 25 <laughs> years to explain the age difference between the two of them. But that's the thing that happens. No, no. See, what happened is she got in a spaceship and went really yeah, close yeah. to light speed. <laughs> yeah, general relativity is why there's an age difference. It's not creepy, guys. It's not weird. But yeah, so there's an entire scene that goes nowhere about this teenage daughter of their friend swimming topless in their pool and like, oh, I thought you liked it when I came over. And he's like, no, I have to work here. You can't come by here ever again. Um, what the fuck? Another thing that's important to note is that everyone in this movie is a better actor than Neil Breen. <laughs> okay. Um, and he plays the lead. <laughs> so he's hacking into these things. There are dream sequences where he's in some sort of cave thing, naked. There's a lot of nudity in this movie. The only thing you ever actually seen is see is Neil Breen's ass crack. So okay. like, but I think this all of his movies also seem to take place in a universe where the bra was never invented because all of the women are clearly braless throughout <laughs> the entire film. Okay, it's Elise is looking very upset. Did you watch this movie too? No, I no, didn't. She, I didn't watch this I, movie. I was having a life while yes. Nick was watching these movies. This is true. So. You know. Um, okay. So dream sequences, things are going on. He's seeing a therapist who's like, I can help you get your book published, but we know he doesn't want to publish a new book. He's doing more important things. He's hacking into the government, government corruption and corporate corruption. Does, does, does anything come of that? Yes. Okay. Well, let's, let's get to that then. This is the very end of the movie. Okay. <laughs> so... This therapist is trying to get him to take drugs, but he doesn't want to take the drugs because, like, he's seeing things clearly now, man. He understands that, like, taking your, you know, your medicated drugs, like, in a way that is healthy for you is bad. Which because is, that's going to be my least favorite trope which, ever. Which, which is a point that's hammered in when he's, like, he's sitting there working on his computer at one point in the movie, and he shouts to his wife, Pills! Where are my pills? He says while searching in his pockets for his pills. I need my pills. And then she brings him the pills. And then he walks into the bathroom with the thing of pills and goes, I don't need these. And opens the bottle and pours them down the toilet. <laughs> and to which the, the wife is very upset at this. And we're thinking it's because she's, you know, a loving partner and cares about his his psychological health and like whether he needs it or not. Like she's worried about him because he's been prescribed them. Nope. It turns out that she's been secreting these pills all along and has a drug problem, which is a plot point that doesn't get brought up until like three quarters of the way through the movie. Okay. Um, which is used only to telegraph the fact that she is going to kill herself. Uh, so she ends up committing suicide, which Neil Breen does not seem to care about because by this point, he has met up again with the doctor 
and her fiance only to have her break up with her fiance the next scene later because she wants to be with Neil Breen because she remembers him. They realize, oh, you were my friend, my one true love from all those years ago. And from that point on in the dream sequences in the, it looks like it's supposed to be a cave. It's just trash bags, like okay. taped up on a thing that naked Neil Breen is pawing at. <laughs> um, and if, if it sounds like I'm saying this like kind of out of order, it's because none of these things actually connect. We have basically like three scenes that just happen kind of over and over and over again. At least you look a little worried. You... <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I feel like I need more alcohol. <laughs> I feel like I need to watch nick more at home <laughs> i feel like i need to monitor his media intake <laughs> i feel like nick probably needs less screen time like this is just this is a really big revelation for me um as the loving partner of this man who yes. i just i don't know can we talk about something else i'm sorry i okay. love you very much <laughs> you're my favorite person in the world Let's let's just skip to the end. Okay. You can't watch these movies okay. let's, anymore. Let's just skip to the so, end. So and, skipping yeah. skipping to the end. So he winds up with this with this doctor lady, um, and through all of this, his psychiatrist is telling him to take pills, but he's secretly seeing another therapist who's like, "You don't need the pills." Oh Jesus. Um, and then I don't remember exactly how this happens because, again, none of it happens in an order that makes sense. At one point, he goes to her office and we see her sitting in the office in the chair where she's been for all of their scenes together. And then it has him, like, walking up to her door and it has the, the placard with her name on it with a sticky note on it that says, "Is no lo- she is no longer here or something like that. And then it cuts back to the woman sitting in the chair and she fades away. She was a magical being sent to help him, to teach him, I think, how he doesn't need the pills. Um, or was she a hologram put I out don't. by the government to okay. get him to not put... So, so at the end of the movie, uh-huh. he has this press conference where he's re- he's saying that he has done more hacking than anyone else has ever done. I've released more <laughs> ha- more classified information than any other hacker in history. Okay. Um... <laughs> And like he's like on like out in the public giving a press conference, a guy comes out of the bushes with a gun to kill him mm-hmm. at one point in this press conference, and then a gun goes off and the guy with the gun slumps over dead. So I'm assuming someone else shot him. Who? I don't know who. <laughs> it was Captain Alex. It was Captain Alex. <laughs> and then interposed with this, it's a montage. Okay, so you know he's, he's studied Eisenstein, so he understands uh, how montage works. <laughs> and interposed with this are are clips of other people uh who are senators and ceos saying that they're ashamed of all these things that they have done and killing themselves on live television it ends with a montage of people like pulling out guns in front of reporters and shooting themselves in the head <laughs> Uh, like so that happens to two or three people. There's one guy that like does something, and Elites. then like it, he walks away, and then like we see him tying a noose, <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> Actually, I think the end of the movie is the two of them walking back where they were at the beginning when they found the magic mushroom. All right. Well, it sounds like you had some uh, interesting media that you consumed. Yeah, I would. I would. If you're interested in as, as much in trash culture as I am, 
if you've been curious about it, because I've been hearing about him. Like, th- like I said, he's been making the rounds. People have been reviewing all of his movies. Um, I am here. Dot. 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 Now features him as Space Jesus. Uh, so he comes back. Like, uh, if Jesus comes back as Neil Breen and also an alien, like, not even joking, like, literal, actual Jesus coming off the cross and everything with the robes at the beginning, but there's, like, circuit boards coming out of the robes, so you know he's from space. Um, there are also no bras in that movie, and then at one point he's having sex with a woman, and he's his regular weird alien face turns into a rubber weird alien face. <laughs> Uh, so there's that one is also pretty good. I haven't heard anything about his latest one, but I'm sure that's pretty hilarious too. Okay. Yep. Uh, now both Elise and I have weird faces. Yep. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, um, government secrets, mm-hmm. um, let's talk a little bit about something that's less weird. Politics? That's not less weird. <laughs> I didn't watch the State of the Union if that was Uh, I didn't watch the State of the Union either. Did you? Um, I listened to parts of it on yeah. NPR. I watched night. I watched Bernie Sanders' response to it, but okay. I did not watch the State of the Union. Understand. Um, I hear there was a lot of lies, uh-huh. which is pretty it's par for the course. It's estimated every four, four and a half minutes. I think that was Vox's. V-O-X, not F-O-X. Yeah. Um, is estimate of, of the number of lies throughout the that entire... sounds low to me yeah but i know one, it one seems like a low ball um i mean if if he rambles enough that i'm sure that it could be one lie every four minutes it's just the same continuous lie for the full uh, yeah. four minutes gotcha. I, think, I think the i don't know the most it i don't i don't know it's everything that he said was really scary it just in the sense of like using using tools that we've seen throughout history to get people to turn on each other, basically. Um, the fear, like he's fear-mongering about immigrants. He's apparently saying stuff about athletes who kneel during the um, national, anthem. national anthem. Did he seriously fucking bring that up during the State of the Union? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's when you hear it and like, I was trying to listen to it on NPR and I was, I was really struggling, um, to listen to it, but it's, it's sort of terrifying. Yeah. Like it's, I'm sorry. That, that's a big downer. <laughs> I apologize. You know what? It's fine. Let's if this is a terrible, terrible movie. No, no, no. I was just going to say, <laughs> it's fine if this is a really bad episode of the podcast because the world's going to end tomorrow. So whatever. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's fine. So I also watched Fire and Ice. Uh, <laughs> I, I also You're cut off. You are cut off, sir. I also I, watched uh, 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 Nymphoid Barbarian and Dinosaur Hell. Oh so. did, Alex, did you Alex. watch after last season? No, we're not. I've, I've seen after last season. I don't need to watch it again. We need to watch it again. That's that's a movie Damn I want to watch again. Oh, Jesus no, Christ. No, but... Um, Only if you guys watch, uh, watch a Neil Breen movie Okay, all right. Let's uh, talk about American Vandal. Okay. Like, no segue, nothing, just me cutting off Nick. Let's talk about the dicks. Let's talk about the dicks. (laughs) Who drew the dicks? dicks? Alex, do you have a theory about who drew the dicks? Um, I feel like we should, let's give some background on American Vandal. So American Vandal is a Netflix original series. It's, um, I think, 10 or 12 episodes long. It's pretty short. It's eight episodes. It's eight episodes long. It's um, 
on Netflix and it is basically a long form YouTube documentary about this uh, this kid in his AV club is fil- making a documentary about how another one of his classmates got accused of drawing dicks on 27, 27 of the teacher's cars in the faculty parking lot on a on a teacher work day. Mm-hmm. So he came into school, he drew the dicks, and it's it's a mockumentary. To say it's a mockumentary of true crime dramas, uh, the true crime documentary, I feel like is an understatement. Um, but it's it's hilarious, it's great, and the the big kind of question throughout the the series is who drew the dicks. Yeah, so Dylan Dylan Maxwell, I think, is the the uh, the accused yeah. dick drawer. The alleged dick drawer. Uh, alleged who dick got, drawer. He was suspended from school and um, is facing criminal charges for vandalism. Uh, and the filmmaker is Peter Maldonado, I yes. think is yeah. the name, and his friend Sam, uh, who basically they work for them. They do the morning show of at the school. And they take it upon themselves to try to prove his innocence, they basically, or try to find out what's going on, find the truth. Yeah, find the truth. And Not, they don't set out to prove him innocent. No, they try. They set out to find the truth, um, and it takes everything with dead seriousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to the point where it's like, <laughs> like teacher, like like over the course of this, it's uh, normally what you would think of a documentary is they would do all the filming and then edit it and then release it. But the in-universe explanation is they do it basically one for one. And so, like, they'll make an episode, they'll release it, make another one, release it. And so things... It's like serial. So yeah. things that the teach Like, one of the teachers goes on camera to talk about it. Yes. And he gets, like, fired for, for saying inappropriate comments on the on the documentary. Um, it's, it's like everything is taken to the nth of seriousness. Yeah. Um, um, I, I love this scene. There's one scene where, like... The documentary, uh, the documentarian Peter Peter Maldivado is like, it's raining and he's beating on Dylan's door, like glass door. <laughs> you drew and the d- dicks. You drew the dicks. You lied to me. It's so dramatic. And then yeah. at the end, he's like, I feel like I might have gotten too close to my subject <laughs> and broken the first wor- rule of documentary uh, making. And I'm just anyway. But it's but then but then you so get great. but then you get bits where it's like he's taking it seriously and you and you realize that just how ridiculous it is. Yeah. Like how yeah. he's talking, he's confronting the one of the teachers, uh, Miss Shapiro, the Spanish teacher, yeah. that basically is kind of got this vendetta against Dylan. Yeah. Um, he's confronting her about it. It's like. Yeah, but what about the dick hairs? Yeah, because yeah. like, like all the ball, yeah, the ball, the hair. ball hairs. All all the the dicks that that Dylan drew had ball hairs on it, and the ones in the cars don't, and it's considered a serious evidence. But he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? They sneak, uh, they sneak recording devices into conversations with teachers. It's anyway. Yeah, it's it, it's great. I am a big fan of true crime stories. Like I love serial. I I love like uh, my favorite murder. I love all of those kinds of things. Making a murderer. I've watched all of those kinds of shows, and it's just it captures that tone so perfectly mm. for something that is ultimately so inconsequential because <laughs> normally it's like is this person in jail for com- like for 20 murders that they didn't actually commit like is there a mass murderer walking around but with this one it's like no just 
who drew the dicks and you become as enthralled with it like that's the thing that mm-hmm, i find mm-hmm. the most fascinating about yeah. it is that it is as enthralling as the best of those kinds of stories we, we started having like arguments before we finished the series about like well who do you think drew the dicks well no it's got to be this person it's got to be this person. yeah I, I watched it with my grandma which yeah. may have been a mistake but uh <laughs> did your grandma like it what did your grandma think so so my grandma basically her her response to it was that she wasn't she didn't like it (laughs) (laughs) but she kept watching because she couldn't she couldn't live with herself if she couldn't find out who did it (laughs) that is the perfect that is the perfect response to that show yes well then your poor okay so spoiler alerts if you haven't finished american vandal go do that now and then come back to this uh this podcast and we'll wait okay now we're done waiting yep okay so you never actually find out who drew the dicks they give a theory at the they, end. Give they give a, a th- really strong theory and right I, at the end. yeah which is that it's the class president it's the class president girl um and she did it as revenge against the pe teacher um, coach rafferty and- yeah yeah, and then for saying something inappropriate to her and then got really angry at the school administration for waiting on it for so many months and that apparently it didn't actually really get resolved and she just sort of snapped and then, like, and drew a bunch of dicks on everything. Or got her boyfriend, boyfriend to do it. Drew, well, she, while she deleted the footage. The footage. Yeah. That was the, the big thing in the whole is, like, you know... Help. Can one person do this? And then they, like... They did this whole thing where they ran around to each car and then like timed it and anyway yeah. it was great. Uh, but it's a great but show. they do manage to prove Dylan's innocence yes. to that and yeah. but then he goes and throws it all away. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's like you know, and, and it's the whole Which idea. Which is like the most poignant part of that. Whole yeah. It's like if you're yeah. gonna treat me like a bad guy, I might as well be one. Yeah, yeah. it's that that whole concept. Um, it was kind of a downer ending in that regard, but. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense, and it 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 sticks with you. Uh, I think yeah. I think she kind of I think my grandma kind of turned around at the end. It's like yeah, I I can, I can like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it is it it is the silliest of concepts, and it is like pretty hilarious. There there are parts of it where I was very nearly in tears laughing just because the tone set is so perfect. Yeah. And it's so again, it's it's something that is so deadly serious, but mm-hmm. something so inconsequential at the same time. Um, but then, like, there are moments, there are moments of poignancy where it's, you know, you even though it you're laughing at it and it's silly, it's like it is ruining this one guy's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and then it kind of one of the things that happens throughout the series is it starts to kind of ruin the filmmakers lives too. Yeah, and everybody else. Cause he keeps exposing all these secrets that, that people have, even if it's only tenuously related to the actual dicks. And then it's, there's an entire yeah. episode about whether or not one person gave someone else a hand job at summer camp. Yeah. 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 And then he, he gets confronted at the after prom party um, by one of the popular girls. who's basically like, you ruined everything for everyone. And he's remorseful about um, you know, that. He understands. Yeah, you know, and then it's, it's it. really upsetting to watch Dylan because they finally they everybody watches it together. Because he hadn't been watching it. And yeah. yeah, and then they're like, and he realizes that everybody's been making fun of him. Everybody's been talking behind his back, and and so it's it's it is probably I don't know. And in a weird way, it's a very like 
accurate portrayal of what it's like to go to a high school in a very suburban privileged school (laughs) in a weird way because it's you know these kids who don't I don't want to say they don't really have problems but um you know they're having these really big reactions to things in the grand scheme of it it's it's not that consequential but for them it feels like everything like everything hinges on I didn't draw these dicks or everything hinges on so-and-so gave so-and-so a hand job at at summer camp and yeah, my, like like when uh, when we were watching it, my grandma was was asking me, Alex, is this what high schoolers are like today? Because yeah. she was like, oh, back in my day, you know, we we'd never talk like that to a teacher. We we'd never do this or that or you know. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. It's been several years since I've been in a high school, uh, but uh, I figure at least at least me, I n- probably knew at least one person that you could say was like Dylan Maxwell. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I. I'd say that maybe most people do know yeah. at least yeah. somebody that's like that. And I think those, yeah, the characters in this are, you know, for anyone of the last couple of generations, you know, these are probably pretty familiar high school archetypes. And I think they do some, they do some interesting things with them. Cause they don't just play them straight. Mm-hmm. Like, like at the very beginning I was convinced, like, okay, well, what, what's the joke going to be at the end? Because I was expecting it to just be kind of a joke all the way through. And I'm like, well, the best joke at the end would be that Dylan actually did it. Mm. Like, you spend this entire time, like, yeah. who did it? Like, who is actually, it was actually him. Like, mm. obviously, he was the one that did it. And I'm glad they took it in a different direction. But, like, I, I feel like probably most people go into it with that kind of a mentality because they did know someone who would do mm. something like that. Yeah. And that's the guy. So, so while you guys were watching, like, when did you guys watch this? Did you watch this more recently? Um, Cause I watched this just this past about week. About a month ago. I want to say. No, it was, it was like earlier. It was earlier in January. I felt like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which well, this is the end of January. Yeah, that's true. So, so about, I, a, month yeah, about, okay. about a month ago. Okay. So, so when, um, while you guys were watching it, who were you guys' theories as to who did it? Well, I just said mine. Mine was that it was, it was, it was, Dylan. It was Dylan. Yeah, I, I thought I was convinced that it was him for most of it. Okay. Um, the ball hairs convinced me that the ball hairs. When the ball me. hairs came in, I was like, oh man, maybe I'm wrong. And then I wasn't sure after yeah. that. You know, I had like a really violent theory, um, and I say violent just because I, I was very emphatic. Yeah. Um, and I felt like it was the girlfriend. Is that true, Nick? Oh, yeah, Dylan's Mac- girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. I Mackenzie, really thought it yeah. was, I th- really thought it was Mackenzie. I really thought it was the girlfriend um, for a while. Um, because at the yeah. end there, they kind of bring up this idea that it was her. Like, in the penultimate episode, that's their theory. Yeah. yeah. And then they use they confront her with that, and they get the evidence to prove that both her and Dylan were not there at yeah. the time. Um, so, yeah, so so there's that. That's a theory. I, my my grandma had a theory. Yeah. I, I never actually could think of who it might be. I, I was always kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but my grandma, for the longest time, was convinced it was actually Peter. Oh. And that he had done it for the purpose of making, making a documentary. Yeah. Interesting. I, I kind of thought that vaguely for a while, too. Another one that I was like, kind of like, okay, well, the crazy far-fetched one that I had was that it was Miss Shapiro. That was an, that was actually kind of what I was thinking. I was thinking yeah. it was Miss Shapiro yeah. and someone else that she got to, to do what about, it. What about the kid, the really nice kid that everybody likes and everybody is like, I can't. Ming. Ming. Yeah. Ming. Ming. I love the the crazy, like, it was Ming and the janitor, like, yeah. did it together. And I was like, I like that. Um, I, I, you know, 
that, I'd be down for that fan fiction. That one would be good. Uh, what was the? There was a couple of other ones that were like kind of far fetched, like weird ones. It was the the teacher in charge of the AV club. Yeah, that was that but was the, another one. But they were able to very easily disprove that. Yeah. where it's like everybody knew exactly where that guy was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, but yeah, no, it was it was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, my grandma less so, but she got <laughs> through it. Uh, they're coming out with a sequel. Oh, they are. Yeah, there's I another second season coming out this year. That's oh my fantastic. god! Uh, uh, about a similar. I don't know. Following the same characters, or I don't know anything about oh, it. Man. Um, but uh, I I I, I kind of hope that it is like. <laughs> Not a follow-up on the dicks, but it's, like, still Peter Maldonado. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I want it to be... Because they, they kind of make a joke about it. It's gonna it's being, like, serial. <laughs> so I kind of hope that he, like, finds another story to do. Mm-hmm. But because... It, Maybe it, Peter goes to college. Well, no, it says that he's not a senior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, so a, like, he's a sophomore, he's, Yeah, sure. so yeah. he'd have more opportunities to do this. And many of the characters that are interviewed are seniors. And yeah, so they, so they be, wouldn't be back. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, that's that was a really good show. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, what else did we do? Oh, we haven't talked about uh, the games we were going to talk about. Yeah, so so one of the big things that we did is we had our game night on Friday, and normally we played D and D, but our DM was not available, and so instead we played two games yep. that were great fun. Um, do you want to talk about the one that you ran first? Yeah. Um, well, I didn't really run it, but no. so we there's a game that I kickstarted a while ago called Expedition, mm-hmm. uh, and I got it exactly for nights where you want to play uh, an RPG, but your DM is not available, or like a large portion of your group is unavailable, so you can't do your regular story. Well, that's what this game is designed for. It's a card game. Uh, that lets you play a quick RPG scenario with no setup. Uh, and it does that through, you know, you pick your character from a card, you play it based on like a really brief description. Uh, you are randomly, uh, you randomly draw your abilities from a deck, another, another few deck of cards, decks of cards, depending on what your class is, you might get um, melee abilities, spell casting abilities, magic abilities, or uh, ranged abilities. Uh, and every character class has a mix and match of each of those things. Some take all from one, some take a little bit from each, some take uh, like a little bit from two. Uh, but basically you total up to six abilities. Yeah. And and the, the kicker, the kind of the, the gimmick, I guess you'd call mm-hmm. it, of this game is that there isn't really a GM. Yes, you, you all take turns reading the story off of a phone app. So you open up the app, determine how many people are playing, find an adventure that sounds suited to you. And you can search through all the ones that they've created or that the community has created based on genre bank, based on length of play, based on number of players. So you can find something that's suited to you. There's a fair number of things on there now. Um, it's still a fairly small game, so it's not huge, but there's a pretty good selection of like comedy, mystery, horror, um and then like different age groups so like based on you know what you want to hear there might be some raunchy humor in some of them so you know if you're playing with kids you probably want to find one like oh this this town has lost all their cheese help them bring the cheese back which is one (laughs) that i was playing the other day actually i played it again um so 
you know, there's something like that, whereas there's others like, oh, well, this king wants to sleep with this lady, so make it happen, or don't make it happen, or whatever. Yeah. Like, um, so you get a kind of a wide variety of different things. So, uh, they've also recently come up with an expansion that adds uh, Cthulhu mythos cards and characters and stories. So, you can play regular old high fantasy, or you can play Call of Cthulhu. It can take... 20 minutes, it can take two hours, yeah. depending on what you're in for. We did kind of an introduction, 20-minute uh, yeah. introduction. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was fun. It, yeah. it, it's definitely something I'd be down for doing again. Um, and uh, I we can all recommend it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I don't think that they are currently... I, I, I'm not sure exactly where you can get it. Um, like I said, I got mine through kickstarter but i do kind of want to plug them because it is a good company so again the game is called expedition um i think i'm trying to remember what the name of the company was that published it uh but i will look for it while alex talks about the next thing yeah so the uh that was kind of a we had all gathered here and uh that was kind of a prequel to what the main event of the evening was and that was a game that I really love called Spell. Uh, Spell is a game by a man, uh, Taylor Smith, uh, who basically he tried kickstarting it a few years back, and uh, the Kickstarter was unsuccessful. But uh, he kind of sold it on the uh, they kind of sold it on the website for about three dollars, uh, and you download the, the the book and all the stuff. And okay, it's great. Um, the reason I'm going into that is because actually. Uh, just two days ago, <laughs> breaking news, uh, another Kickstarter started for this game, and it's actually already successful. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and plug the hell out of that. Uh, if you want to check it out, check that out. But let's talk a little bit about what Spell actually is. All right, before you get into that, we have found... Okay, so it's expeditiongame.com is where you can order it from. The base game is $30, uh, and the expansion, you need to have the basic game to play the expansion, but the horror expansion is 15. Mm. So 45 altogether, the app is free. And that's Expedition. Yep. All right. So the basic idea behind spell is that everybody that you're playing with is a spell caster. Um, a speaker, I think Or a speaker yeah. Yeah. is what they call it in the game. And how you, instead of rolling dice... Uh, which is how you kind of and picking, you know, spells from a book or predetermined spells as you would do with other role playing games like Pathfinder and D&D In spell. You create the spells that you use through drawing tiles and then rearranging these tiles with letters on them to create spells that you want. It's like using, you know, Scrabble, Bananagrams, those kind of tiles uh, to to create it on the spot. And uh, you can get really crazy, crazy fun uh, spells that way. Uh, we've we we played this before, so this wasn't everybody's first time. It, one person's first time, but uh, yeah. we'd played it before and we kind of created a, a setting of. So uh, we we Alex is our game master for this particular game, and he created the setting of anime high school, <laughs> and we are all in a very stereotypical anime high school, and we all play tropes therein. It, we are all speakers. Um, and using our magic to save Tokyo and get ahead in both academics and popularity. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, um, a, that's a good summary. I 
fucking love the shit out of this game because I'm good at it. Uh, so the character that I created, her name is Violetta. She is the quintessential drag queen that you come across in pretty much every Japanese anime ever. Um, I thought it was she, Julieta. Julieta, Ju- sorry, not Violetta. Julieta. Mm-hmm. Um, she is, I guess she's the son slash daughter of the of a um, very wealthy, prestigious Tokyo family. Um, but she wants to use her magic to win popularity contest and become class president. And you actually did. And I successfully did that. In our latest session, yes, you yeah. finally became class president. Huzzah! Yeah. Um, but, you, you know, so your stats that you have um, determine the amount of titles that you can get at any one time. So or it's the, a combination yeah, of... It's the number of dice that you roll in roll. order to get them, yeah. And then... You, so one of my stats um, is clout. So one of my stats is clout. I have four, I have four degrees in clout. So that means if I want to, if I want to make a spell with clout, I roll four dice, and then I count up the how however much the sum of my dice total is, and that's the number of uh, tiles that I can take from the pile. Um, I think in like the purest sense of the game, you're only supposed to like create words, but we've been doing words and phrases. Phrases, yeah. Um, Mostly my... because the phrases we've been able to come up with have been just way too oh, perfect. So we've my got some great favorite um, that I've created is called Bento Love, <laughs> um, where I can actually basically just give people bentos and they will love me. <laughs> it's great. We have like what. Um... One of them that came up last time was what, the true god. Yeah, you you the you spelt god. the true god. We're, they were doing a magic show. Yep. Uh, for the festival, for the culture festival. Because the festival got ruined, and then you know. Yeah, and so <laughs> using my flair, I which is so my my character uh, is Sadako, which is I stole from the the original Japanese version of the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is the stereotypical anime goth girl and she uh so when i used her flair to start off the magic show (laughs) i was able to spell the true god i was going to go with guar which i could also spell (laughs) with the tiles that i have uh drawn but it was close enough uh and so the the basically what i what you do is you say what you want to accomplish with your spell then you draw the tiles. Then you try to spell something out that accomplishes that goal. And you have to convince me. Yes. Convince. Yeah. And Alex is very easy to convince. <laughs> um, so we we started this off and I said, okay, well, my goal is to, you know, start is to have a major opening to this magic show. And so the opening of the magic show was that whatever the audience perceived as being the true god <laughs> came out on stage to introduce us and then someone else uh decided to add on to the spell which is something else you can do you can draw more words to kind of modify what the previous spell was and so uh what was the spell it was i don't know but t-rex but t-rex yeah (laughs) so then it's the true god riding Riding a a t-rex um and it then somebody else added something else where they're fighting it yes. and and they're putting on like a, a, a pageant, like a show yes. of them fighting it. And then I think I ended it with uh, an NPC that summoned its, uh, that's belt it's cat time. Yeah. Uh, it's cat time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's, that's right. how we ended it. <laughs> Cats. Yep. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it is definitely for, for people who are interested in RPGs, but are kind of intimidated by 
like all those numbers and the gigantic sets of rules. Mm -hmm. This is one of those systems that I would recommend to, if you're like, if you're curious, you want to try it out. I mean, this is a role playing game. There's not a lot of crunch. It's a lot of fluff. Uh, I mean, the same is true for Expedition as well, if mm. you're interested in that kind of thing. Same is also true for, I mean, other games we've talked about in the past, Fiasco and uh, Misspent Youth. You know, all of these are really solid entries. Fate. Um, Fate is a nice little balance between the both, like if you want to kind of get into it, or you could do Fate Accelerated, which is like a much simpler rule set. But if you're out there, you're curious about tabletop RPGs, but everyone is too afraid of like you know having to buy at least three fifty dollar books to yeah. be able to run it plus dice for everyone plus, plus understanding all three yeah. of those books yeah plus you know buying miniatures and a grid and all those things you could do that or you know like just get the scrabble tiles just out. just yeah buy one like twenty dollar book and some scrabble tiles mm-hmm. and you got a game um, if you guys have any questions about role-playing games or any of the board games, anything else that you guys want to know about of uh, the games that we've discussed today, like hit us up on our emails. Some nerds have an email at gmail.com. Yep. Um, you know, and maybe we'll we'll do an episode where we answer some of you guys's some of y'all's questions about role-playing games. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, if so you talk to us, audience. It'd be nice if we got emails on that email other from places other than Apple and uh, SoundCloud. Yeah. Letting us know when our bill is due. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awkward. Um but yeah, some some nerds have an email at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter too. Mm-hmm. At uh, some some nerds what I can't remember what their Twitter is. <laughs> <laughs> we have a nerd cast um yeah yeah so so check us out on those platforms and check out spell check out expeditions it's fun times had by all yeah um so what else uh is there anything else that we want to talk about before we kind of uh call it or are we gonna have a a bit of a short one this uh, time yeah it's a little bit shorter than the last few i feel like but the I, last few have been ridiculously, ridiculously long. long i could go back to continue talking about no let's comic of the week let's all go right. let's go <laughs> i was gonna say who killed captain alex but okay whatever <laughs> we, no you weren't no you weren't we need to get our t-shirts for that yeah yeah oh yeah they have t-shirts for sale of who killed captain alex they actually look like really good t-shirts so <laughs> check them out all right well, let's um, for webcomic of the week. Let's go ahead and uh, I'll talk about one. I, I was going to talk about one, but but you reminded me of you're talking about Sadako and the ring and whatnot. Oh yeah. Uh, have I talked about Irma before on the podcast? I don't think you have, but I actually do know that one. Okay, so Irma is a webcomic. It's um, basically the the idea is if a one of those kind of sadako style ghosts from you know the ring or ringu or whatever um married someone and they had a kid and that kid went to high school yes and it is very cute very funny uh it's got it's got like you know the she doesn't uh her, her name is Irma she doesn't have any dialogue uh or of her own but She's uh, got a group of friends, and they go on adventures, and they have fun, and they go trick or treating, and she scares people. It's just a great, great fun time. I think I've seen. 
seen this shared on like Tumblr and Facebook before. Yeah, yeah. I think it originated yeah. on Tumblr, but uh, now it's on. Oh god, it, it's got its own. It's like it's not on its own website, uh, but it's on a website that features a bunch of web comics. Yeah. Um. So, but if you look up Irmo uh, web comic, you'll probably find it. Um. There's not. I mean, there there are subplots. So it's it's a lot more like how uh, like newspaper comics will have a plot uh, that will kind of go on for a couple weeks, and then it'll go on to the new plot. It, it's kind of like that. Uh, but it is very fun, very cute, and I can highly recommend that as our webcomic of the week. All right. So with that, uh, do we have any other last-minute uh, news or last-minute things to uh, to talk about before we go ahead and call it an early uh, evening? Um... I don't believe so. I think we talked about everything. We went yeah. through Who Killed Captain Alex. We talked about Spell. We talked about Expedition. Those were the only things that we really had. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, Sorry, I, guys. I yeah. played through some fan mods of a Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> okay. But uh, some of them were good. Some of them were bad. Some of them are just kind of in between. Uh, How about I, I'll play through some of the fan mods and we can talk about that next Yeah, next but time. you got to finish the original. I got to finish the yeah. original and then we'll we'll... Uh, send me some fan mods and we'll we'll talk about that and we'll have another Doki Doki Literature Club. Monica has still not responded to our our tweet yeah. and I feel really upset. Well, Monica, um, spend more time with us. Why don't you want to spend time I with us? You wanted to spend time with us, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so thank you all for listening. Um, my name is Alex. I'm Nick. And I'm Elise. And this has been some nerds have a podcast. Thank you all and good night.